I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. to old school. I'm John Salka. I'm here with my buddy Rick Lasky and we're going to talk tonight about forcible entry. We talk a lot about hose, we talk a lot about ventilation, we talk a lot about extinguishment, but uh, today we're going to talk about forcible entry, which is obviously a a primary job for the fire service. And and when you say primary, it's done everywhere. Whether you have a ladder truck or not, forcible entry is done everywhere. You you took the words right out of my mouth. Ladder truck or not, you know, squad, quint, whatever you're riding on. If, you, if, if you're going from a firehouse to a fire, some, somebody's going to be getting off the rig with some tools and getting prepared and getting ready. And sometimes it's the guys, sometimes it's the guys with the hose. Uh, in, in the Bronx, where I spent the last almost 20 years of my career, uh, 42 Engines is a single engine company. And every time they get off the rig by themselves, because the first two truck is not with them, they, they jump off with a set of irons. They, may, they, may have, they might have to force the door to get in uh, before the truck even gets there. And that's true of a lot of other places around America. They either don't have a truck or they're coming from a distance or whatever the case may be. So force entry is quite an important job. Um, and it's one, of those, it's one of those support tactics. The truck guys don't like to be told that they're supporting the engine. <laughs> but actually, they are. Forceful entry has got to be conducted to allow the engine to get in there, you along with search and stuff. You've got to get in you know, or to get right. to work or, right. you, you know. So uh, what, what do you want to start with? Uh, what, 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 I mean, there's all sorts of forcible entry tactics and topics and tools. What do you want to start with? Well, I think the first thing, John, is um, I don't think we spend enough time with our young firefighters training and discussing forcible entry. Sitting around a round table, the kitchen table, go, okay, we got, like, like, like whether you have a small little downtown area, we used to do it in Champaign, Illinois, for U of I, Fire Service Institute. We used to take the tactics and strategy classes that were going through the Fire Officer 1 or 2 program on a field trip, we would all drive down to like Green Street, where like downtown Champaign, you know, where Gary Ludwig is uh, chief, where Gary Ludwig is chief, yes, so the current president of the I Chiefs, and you know, we we would walk we walk down one sidewalk, looking across the street at all the buildings, and going first floor, second floor, this this entrance, 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 then we'd walk around the back and go, holy cow, it doesn't match up or whatever. And then it, we do it again as you're walking now, you're walking down the front, you're looking at all the lock assemblies and all that. And so I think the key is knowing what you knowing what you have, that's where pre-plant comes in. Instead of just walking through and drawing pictures of, well, there's a door here and a stairwell here, look at the doors, look at the lock assemblies. Our good friend, Chief Tommy Shervino. Tommy Shervino, what a, what, a, what a legendary, in a good way, legendary firefighter, fire officer, mentor, I, you know what, and you know this, I can't say enough nice things about Tommy. Tommy, I love him with my heart. He's a great guy. Tommy used to, um, he had a milk crate, John. He had a milk crate with with all kinds of locks and parts. If somebody was tearing apart a building, if he, was, if he, about, he would pull over, stop, ask the construction guys and say, he'd say to them, like, 
he, he said, look, can we, can we, before you tear this out, can I have the locks? Can I, can I cut the door here and here? Can I do this? And so on a rainy day, it's snowing like hell, whatever. All of a sudden he walk in, boop, with a couple milk crates, put it right on the kitchen table. Let's go. Right. And he, and, and he, whether it's K tools and, and doing things with that and pulling, pulling a lock on a, on a kitchen table while you're sitting there with, and just, and I, you, I'm, I'm sitting here with my mouth open, listening to you because Two of the things so far that you said are exactly what I've been involved in, and I'm sure you folks that are listening, many of you have probably done the exact same thing. Gone out, you know, to the commercial street or the storefront. Um, we used to go out to Orchard Street when I when I was in 17 Engine with 18 truck on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, Alphabet City. Um, we used to go to Orchard Street on Sunday morning, early before everything opened up, and all it was was storefront after storefront after storefront after storefront on the first floor. Below tenements, but the tenements is one what we were paying attention to. We were looking at all the locking devices and all the yeah, slide yeah. bars and the bolts and 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 the, the 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 screens and the nets and the gates. It was unbelievable. We could spend two hours on Orchard Street walking up and down, looking at the different locks, and, and probably and, not see stuff. Oh, and, you know. and and see stuff for the first time, like, hey, Lou, look at this. Oh my God, I've never seen one of those before. And the other thing that we did all the time was, and and I know I did it. Whenever I was at a job, either while it was happening or sometimes afterward, if they cut a couple of locks and the locks hit the sidewalk, when the fire was out, I'm picking those locks up, throwing them in my pocket, and I throw them in a big toolbox. And in my toolbox, I had some 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 padlocks that were cut. We even cut a couple of padlocks in half. We sliced them in half and opened them up, and you could see the inner workings of the padlock, which was all brass, of course, so it didn't rust when the lock is hanging out in the rain all the time. Um, and I used to carry all different type the key tools for the for the K tool, which is through, you know through the lock, which we can talk about some other time. But paying attention to forceful entry, forceful entry is a very cerebral. It's a very mental skill. Yes, you need strength. Yes, you need the big metal tools to do it too. But when you understand, like you started to say, when you understand what the locks do, a pivoting deadbolt is way different than an ordinary deadbolt. Yes, yes. You know, and if you and when you know when you're looking at a narrow style aluminum door. That there's no room for a deadbolt to slide there. It has to be a pivoting deadbolt. You know what to do. You know, so there's certain things you know how to do, and a certain doors that that, that that give you clues. Certain lock cylinders will give you clues. And when you when you start learning that, when you start instilling that in your young firefighters, then also you'll have a young kid run up there. Hey, Cap, we need the K tool. There's a win right yeah, there. Yeah, the yeah. young firefighter <laughs> knew from looking at the door he needed a K yeah. tool. Instead of you hearing smash. And then it's all broken glass, and now the engine's got to drag a hose line through broken glass on a door that you could have opened in nine seconds with a K tool. So that's that's the skill, that's the practice, and that's the training. Understanding the tool that a lot of people they, they can't even find is in the glove compartment. Where is it at, or whatever? So so. And I told where, you, you know where, where I carried where, mine. Where'd you keep yours? When Tell I was that. in the squad, I was in the squad in Brooklyn for a couple of years, and I carried the K tool in my pocket, and I am proud to say I wore it out. I actually broke the K-tool. I carried it so much, and we used it so much, and it banged onto the sidewalk so much, that one day, one of the blades popped off, and we had, we had to go get another one. And I tell guys all the time, if your K-tool is in a leather pouch that it was delivered in, and it's up on your dashboard, or under your seat, or in the glove compartment, that's where it's going to be when you open the door and put your helmet back in the rig after the fire's yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have it with you when you unass the rig, it's not going you're to not the fire. Run, you're not going to run back for it. That's right. And I think the key... No pun intended. The key, you know, because there's always new products coming out and everything else. There's always new locks, how to keep the bad guys out of your buildings and stuff like that. Chief Tom Freeman, you heard me talk about Tom, one of my good friends, and, and I consider him a mentor, taught me, there was a phrase a long time ago, John, you've heard me say it in classes before, 
the key to teaching firefighters how to be successful in forcible entry is teaching them to identify the weak link. Where's the weak link? You know, I mean, we don't have to be in the design and construction, you know, trade to understand how things are put together necessarily as much as I got to have kind of the basic idea of what's all up there. And, and, and I, there's a video that I use in a, in a class, a tactics class, and I use it in some of the force entry classes. It's a commercial building in Illinois, okay, in the north side, in the suburbs, and good, good guys, great fire department, daytime, fire out the second floor windows, and they are beaten on this, trying to get in with this Halgen into this, you know, obviously some commercial locks, beaten on this thing. And there's like a six, seven foot plate glass window right next to them. The whole time they're beating on this lock. The, I've seen guys cut a, a $100 lock off of a 15-cent piece of chain, not thinking. You know, you see guys, you go, wait, 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 wait. The weak link isn't, you got your saw, don't, is, aren't the hinges the weak link? If you just cut the hinges or look for the, you know, look well, look where the pins are for the, for the, for the, I mean. The chain and the lock is the best one. I, I, I lost my breath when, when I first realized what that story was as a young firefighter studying forcible entry. Somebody said, cut the chain. The chain is worth $10. That's a $100 lock. And forget the value. The difficulty of cutting that lock is much greater, plus the, the resource management. I mean, why waste and, a, a homeowner's and, and lock or a store owner's lock? can pull that chain taut with right. a hand or with vice grips, whatever you use, you know, and you can cut that chain, and no. the owner can come and unlock the lock. And what link and, do you cut? You cut the link as close to the lock as yeah. you can, so when it's all done, like you said, he can unlock the lock. Put it on the next new link and relock the place without spending a penny. And that and that's where the experience comes in. And right. that's where you see your firefighters. This is the stuff. God, man, sit with your rookies and your probies and talk to them about that stuff. And when you're talking, say, it, it, just like you said. So why why what, what link? Well, you know, probably because I'd want to get it stretched. No, no, no. You pull this taut here, or whatever you have to do, you know, to hold it with with, with a gloved hand or whatever you're doing, or, or vice grips. close with vice grips with a chain on it or cable, yep. whatever, and cut, like you said, cut the link closest. And, and, and that's where we drop the ball, John, because a lot of our senior guys aren't spending the time with the new guys and gals and showing them the little tricks of the trade. You know, the little time, let's, let's sit down and do through-the-lock training with pieces at the kitchen table. Let's take a look at how we get in and how we get out and open up. Again, everybody, all, you know, they bitch about going on EMS calls, which I've never had a problem. I think I consider it a blessing. You can give me all the bad emails you want. I consider it a blessing. Take care of people's kids and their families. Can people abuse the system? Yes. But you're in their house or you're in their apartment and you're looking. You're going, did you see? Look at the locket assembly they've got on the back right. of this thing. What the? Did, look, oh, they must have had a break in here or had a bit because there's bars going this way and things. And, and if we had to get in here, you know, could you imagine? That's like when you see a good... Good, not even trucky, but a good fire for those that, that, that those four centuries. Say, you know what, Rick? If I need more, like f- those of you that have dealt with frozen hydrants or stuck hydrants, you carry a cheater bar that you can slide over the hydrant wrench. Now you've got some oomph. Instead of that short wrench, you slide it over and you got this pipe Extra that you're pushing. Same thing. A lot of young firefighters. This is something that Jack Picasso taught me. I was 18 years old. How to mesh two halogen bars, the forks. How, you know, if you're looking for more leverage, you, you push them together with the fork on fork. Fork you to know, fork, yeah. Fork on fork. And then all you got to do as you're, as you're doing it is you either hold it there or your buddy holds it there just to get a little grip on that thing while you're chinking, doing, pushing, whatever. Simple things like knowing your tools when it comes to fourth century. Which, 
like you said, I loved it. I loved that you said that. If it's in the leather box, it's all set. Because how many, you look at they're like brand new, the leather box, you go, you look and go, what is that, like a CO meter or something? Some guys, no, that's our K-tool. There's not even a scrape in the leather on there. And forget the leather, there's not even a scrape on the metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the K-tool's never been used, because yeah. it's never been out of the And leather. it goes back to, okay, well, let's talk about your Halgen and slide in ads in the end. And, and not, you know, a couple of little chink, chink, chink. And then being able to just pop that thing out. And if you're good at it, there. Right? how many times you've said, let's just put it back in and lock the door again. And off we go. Yep. Instead of beating something to death. And there's these little, like our officer tool from, from Firehooks, from Frank's business, okay. For Firehooks, those little super, they used to call them the super pro bars, okay. And it was the little black, it had it had a fork end, it had a little, it had a little of horn on it. And then the, the ads. Had was, the A cut. Yeah, had the A cut. And, and then we would wrap them like we do with, the, you know, with, with sure. the, the, the clothesline and the tape so it doesn't slide, you know, with the friction tape and that. And the officers would carry that. And I'm telling you, sometimes, and don't get this in your head if you're a lieutenant or captain, by the time they turned around with what they needed, their halg or whatever, you had the door already open with that little tiny tool in your hand yep. because you knew yep. how to use it. Yep. And some people sit and go, what's you going to do with that? Watch them. Right. What if you know you're not just carrying around to look good? Now I remember it. a couple of times as a lieutenant in the squad, and I mentioned that because that's that's the era when I really did carry the K tool. I carried it as the a captain of forty eight as well. The era, era, era. Yeah, and uh, that's a that's that's a time period for some of our yeah. people. Era, if you're a, if you're an English major, um, or I thought that was actually a mistake on a baseball field in era, but whatever. So I remember a couple of times reaching through a crowd of firefighters at the door at a commercial building, with the K-tool in my hand, reaching through and saying, here, use this, use this. And finally, a gloved hand would grab it, and then you'd hear tink, 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 and the door would open up. Because I saw that maybe it was a maybe a more difficult door to get with the conventional forcible entry. And, and let, me, let me ask you this. I thought you were going to say this. How many times have you seen somebody beating on something or doing something, and, you know, the experienced guy or gal... That firefighter, he or she's been doing it for a while, walks up and they go, just step aside for a second. And they turn the knob uh, and the door opens. I've I, seen I've seen that. I've happen been present at a couple where of Where I'm doors. like, we're so hell bent on, you know, and, and good intentions. I gotta force the door. I'll get it, Cap, I'll get it. That whole try before you pry. It it's is so what, true. It, isn't it? And I and, and when you think, oh really guys do that, they do. Yeah. The doors, the doors unlocked. It's 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 ready. You just open it up. Bad guys leave unlocked. People leave unlocked. They're unlocked or whatever. We've done it a hundred times where it's been locked. You click it, click it, click it. Okay, it's locked, and then you jump into it. But once in a while, you forget to do that. And under, again, understand your locking assemblies. That some of these people try to trip up the bad guys and the burglars by this one turns this way, when this one turns this way, then this one turns this way. My mother so, so you never know. You've got to really know which locks are locked and which ones aren't, and which way they go and which way they throw and everything else. Yeah. But but I just think John, like I said. It, there, there's. I think you mentioned earlier. It's it's a lost art in a lot of places. Like the halogen was, to the rabbit tool that people forgot how to use. The halogen when it came to fourth century because they were using the hydraulic tool. But it's like people forgot how, how to use the you know some of the some of the fourth century tools we had back in the old the porta powers the little tiny wedges yep. that you needed. That you know what I I need that little tiny. Looks like a heel, guys. There's a red one and a green one and a yellow. Get the little one. I got a slider and put just that lost art of fourth entry. Yeah. Understanding the locking mechanism, the doors, the windows. You you mentioned about 
God, a ton of things just saying when you talked about roll down scissors gates, grates, grates, everything else. You know, here's here's another one. Here's what's the door made of? So here you are at the second floor apartment or or a bedroom door, and it's a wooden door and a wooden frame. Obviously, we're not even going to consider using the rabbit tool. Rabbit tool is for good metal doors and metal frames, so we're not even going to use that. We're going to use, you know, a halogen and an axe. Now, sometimes for these inward opening doors on a bedroom or an apartment, you can take the halogen, you can take the point of the halogen, and you can drive it into the door jam, right? And then you can push down on the fork end, and what's that going to do? Now the adze is against the door. You can actually cause create a, a lever, and you can pop a door open like that, just using your axe and your halogen without even attacking the or, locks. And if you practice enough, and you, this is why you should have like plywood or something you can do this back at the firehouse, you hold on to the fork end and you do the baseball swing with the adze and the horn, yep. and you swing it in there and you bam, right into that and jam. Bury it in the jam. And then you pull and you pop. And, and you know, and there's, I'll tell you, there's something pretty exciting as a boss when you see someone that knows their their shit when it comes to fourth century, walk up and pop a door like it's like it's magic. And like you go, in two swings. Yep. And they don't do it and they smile, they just do it because they're good at it. And that didn't happen overnight. That happened because they understood their tools, they understood their still areas, they understood what they had to deal with. They talked to the older guys and gals who've been doing this for a while, saying, Okay, look, I want to be good at this, you know. And and one of the things, you know, one of our shows in the future, I I, I mentioned it today. And for those of you who know me, you know I'm, I'm a big Motown fan. I'm a big Motown fan. You know the the Temptations, the Four Tops, and all that. And they did the uh, they they did the making of the making of Motown or you know Hitsville. They had Hitsville. The making of Motown was a special on Showtime, and my wife and I watched it. And Barry Gordy, who's legendary, his business plan was incredible for how he ran. Mo it was unbelievable. Like right off the assembly lines at Ford, where he worked, is how he ran that place, and that was a success. One of the phrases, one of like, as he connects the boxes, you got to get the talent, you have to do this, you have to do this, to the final outcome. One of them was, and I love this, and, I, and I, it's, an, it's actually an article I'm going to be doing. I, I wrote some notes on it already on the airplane, is competition breeds champions. And he said, now, you have to love what you're doing because without the love for what you do comes ego and it screws everything up. But competition breeds champions. And we've said this, John. We've talked about it. Don't you want to be good at what you do? Yeah. When it comes to forceful entry, don't you want to be the one that they're looking for and they're going, Johnson, get over here. You know, Gary Apple, get one of our favorite. Gary, Gary, Gary you know, he's a captain now, but I mean, yeah. Gary, come on. You know, those kinds of guys could get into anywhere. You, you would thought in your previous life, were you like a burglar? Because these guys could get in anywhere. Because you only really get one or two quick shots at it. You know, again, back to the Bronx, back to the Lower East Side of Manhattan, a couple of places I worked at. When you're at the door and you're forcing the door, if what you were doing doesn't work, you're not staying there long. Somebody's going to elbow you away and they're going to jump in there and get the yep. job done. Okay? Nobody's going to sit there all day long while you try this and try that and try this and try that. So being able to quickly size the door up, being able to quickly use the proper tool, whether it's the axe, whether it's the halogen, whether it's the rabbit tool, whether it's the K tool, all these options are there. They're all right there at the door. They're all there. you got to pick the right tool. Match it to to the lock. Match it to the to the jam. Match it to the strength of the door. The swing of the door. All sorts of other things. You get one or two quick shots, and then somebody else is going to push you off to the side. And if you don't bring the tools with you, we've right. said this before. How in God's name does a firefighter get off the rig nowadays? Unless you're the nozzleman, you go stand next to the hose bed and wait for the you know they ask you to stretch a line or not. How do you get off the rig without your tools? How do you get off without a halogen? Without some means to get in? And how about this, John? We haven't mentioned this. We've been talking forceful entry. How about force exit? How about 
you get jammed up, you can't go you inside. Know, and you're inside and going, you know, it would have been nice if somebody brought, you know, a tool with them so we can get our asses out of this. And you know what? I know it's your job as a firefighter to get off the rig with the proper tools. Number one, some guys don't have tool assignments like, like some departments have. But whether you have tool assignments or not, the guy getting out of the front seat, the guy in the galley officer, they're the ones that should be saying, Tommy, get, get a set of irons, Billy, grab another axe and a, and a hook. They should be making sure. If you're the officer, you're the one that's responsible in the end for making sure that, that you get a good complement of tools grabbed off the rig when you're going in. And how about this, you know, is, is how about the props? How about being creative? You know, Captain Seth Taylor, we just had him on a Hump Day Hangout show from Louisville, Texas. If you're looking for a forceful entry door that you can't kill, that you can't hurt, but you could do like a million things with, get a hold of him. He'll, you know, you're going to pay him, but you're going to, you're going to buy from him, but you're going to get something that will last you forever. But it's like the burglar bar, the burglar bar props with the rebar against the wall, the locks, assemblies. Go to YouTube too. You can go to YouTube and go forceful entry prop, you know, prop, and all of a sudden, It'll be days before you're done. Watch all the videos on how to build this. And, well, this and you don't have to even... spend 2000 no. 3000 6000 And I'm not knocking those tools. Right. Some of those forceful entry props that you can buy for a couple of grand, they will last you forever. You could use them every day, all day, and, and they'd be wonderful. But you know what? For places that just that's out of the question for, there's stuff you can build. And, and just about every firehouse I was ever in, and particularly the last one, 58 truck with 45 engine, 58 truck built. A metal frame down the basement, and I one day I felt the building shaking. I went downstairs. I said, "What the hell is going on here?" Oh, they're building something downstairs, chief. And I went downstairs, and there they are putting putting a metal frame together of a of a force entry prop. And then, luckily for us, right down the block in the battalion was was a fire door company, a, a place oh, wow. that built and manufactured wow. fire doors. And when they made a mistake and had a miscut or a bend in it, they would throw it off on a pile on the side. Guys would drive down, and they'd give you two or three doors. We put them up, zip, 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 with the metal screw gun, hit to the hinges, force the crap out of them. When they were all bent up, we take them out, swap them around. We put the bent up edge where the hinges are, screw it on. Now we had the new edge again. We'd screw that side up and then throw the door away. I, and then we get another one. I know, guys. That's that's Tommy again. If he saw a length of chain on the ground, fell off somebody's stuff or whatever, or at a job site that somebody was throwing out, he was always grabbing chains. And you could build this, right? You could build this thing. And you could string chains up, and you could you could find locks. You could find locks that people don't have keys to anymore. They're they're they're, they're throwaways, and you could take those those links that you can open and close, so you can link chain to it. You can simulate a snow chain link. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of these things you can you can simulate, and have your guys in the back of the firehouse or out back, cutting, you know, breaking, chopping, whatever. Be, before you have to go out and do it at two in the morning. When people are hollering, yelling, "Hey, we got to get in there," we got people or whatever, the, the the props. If you're creative, and everybody, everybody, oh my God, you're firefighters. Everybody's got that firefighter. And how do you get through a chain without a machine? How do you get through a chain without a saw? Well, you know what? With an axe and a halligan. Number one, you can take the halligan. You can take the point of the halligan through one of the links of the chain and just wail on that with an axe, and you're going to break through that link. One way. Next way is you can put the fork on the chain and you can twist it, twist it, twist it. Eventually the chain's going to all twist up and link up and eventually you're going to break one of the links going that way too. So it's not like you have to have a saw. You don't have to have a wizard saw. You don't have to have a partner saw. Even just with an action of halogen, you can get through a chain. Yeah, and be, like I said, be prepared. Have the right tools. Have your saw set up the right way. No forceful entry. There's some great videos out there. Great class down the road. We'll talk about saws. Another good there, class coming there, up. There we go. Oh, yeah. Hey. 
another episode of Old School, buddy. You want to finish things out for us? You know what? We talk about a lot of different things here on Old School, and some of them are tactics, some of them are strategy, some of them are firehouse, you know, ideas and 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 moods and and do's and don'ts. But uh, we enjoy working with everybody. We enjoy giving you some tips, some stuff that we learn. We we invented hardly anything that we talk about. Most of it was given to us by our mentors and our senior people. But what we always say at the end of every show is, never forgetting is never forgetting. Thank you. <laughs>